Hey, Andy West. That's it's really great to be with you this morning. Um, I always say this when I'm here, but it's just true. We love this church. Our church loves this church. Our family loves this church. Um, I do have to say I'm just a bit taken back um, by uh, uh, all the events surrounding this morning. I just can't tell you how true um, the truth we just sung in that song um, is for us right now. And uh, it's true. Like God will come through. Uh, absolutely. I just can't wait to tell our team tonight. I mean, they have no idea. And uh, uh, the, many of them would have loved to be here. Um, I've been working them to death, really, at the end of the day. And uh, you'll see, you'll actually see some of that a little bit. Um, but uh, I can't, also can't wait this morning to tell you what God is doing uh, through Harvest Bloomington. So this week, I just don't really have a great introduction. Uh, here's the message title. Thank you from Harvest Bloomington. Thank you from Harvest Bloomington. And uh, turning your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. As we come to Philippians 4 today, we'll finish the series 1, emphasizing the unity that we share in Christ, uh, unity to advance the gospel. Philippians 4 is the epilogue. If you remember back in May, um, if you remember back in May, I was preaching the prologue of Philippians, and uh, that was also emphasizing partnership in the gospel. And uh, so uh, if you remember, partnership in the gospel is advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ together. And uh, that's where we find ourselves in Philippians 4. Uh, it's so appropriate for this morning. And uh, 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 the epilogue really, we're going to see, it's really a thank you note. It really is. It's really just a, it's a thank you note. It's a thank you note from Paul to the Philippians for the gift that they sent to him. So uh, let's go there and let's read Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you just had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are here with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Well, this is the word of the Lord. And it is a thank you note. It's a bit of an awkward thank you note at moments, as we're going to see in just a minute as we work through this. Um, but here's what we're going to do. Really, Harvest Bloomington and Harvest Indy West are a living illustration of this text so clearly and so abundantly this morning that the outline really uh, is brought to life uh, as that illustration. So that's, that's where we're going. Here's the first thing. We, and by we, I mean Harvest Bloomington, we greatly rejoice in the Lord because of you. 
We greatly rejoice in the Lord because of you. Did you see it? Right in the text, verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, Paul says. Um, Paul's fired up. He's not just joyful. He's exceedingly joyful. He's greatly joyful, and his joy is in the Lord. Do you struggle with joy? Of course you do. Of course you do. Um, You live in a sin-cursed world. You're human, and uh, of course you do. Now look around. Look around. Everybody else in here. Um, Do you think the people around you struggle with joy? Of course they do. Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Um, You know something? As you look around and see everybody else here, God wants you to be a part of helping their joy. It's your job. It's your partnership in the gospel with other believers in this church to help their joy. You say, how? Well, look how uh, the Philippians helped Paul's joy. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. So Paul was greatly joyful because they had demonstrated their concern for him by sending him a gift. We'll see over and over that Paul's not just concerned about receiving the gift. He's, he's totally blessed by the fact they just are concerned about him. And uh, doesn't it bring you great joy when someone does something that demonstrates their concern for you, they're thinking about you, they're praying for you, you're on their mind in their prayers. And then they, they actually go out of their way to find a way to show it to you. You were in need. They gave you a gift card. You were alone and received a thoughtful card right at the right time. Someone, uh, someone followed up with you after they'd been praying you, for you and they wanted to find out how are things going and they wanted to be able to pray more specifically for you, showing concern. Do that. Do that for everybody else in the life of this church to help them rejoice greatly in the Lord because you've revived your concern for them. Send them, a, send, them a, send them a handwritten card. Give them a phone call. Pray for them in the lobby before you leave today. All of it demonstrating your concern for them. Harvest Bloomington's rejoicing greatly in the Lord today. I can't imagine the kind of rejoicing that's going to take place tonight uh, in our meeting when I get to share our group with our group uh, what Harvest Indie West has done in abundant generosity to us. Absolutely no obligation to do so and just chose to demonstrate their great concern and support for what we're doing. Um, with, and I'm just going to tell you, with where we've been in, in, the, in the process of launching this church to us, this is the Lord Jesus Christ breaking through. Psalm 145.4 has been a theme verse for us. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And uh, for us, this is God's mighty hand writing a story of his glory in Bloomington, Indiana, that's going to go to all the earth. And generations are going to know of his faithfulness. If you remember, partnership in the gospel is working together to advance the gospel. So is that happening in Bloomington? I assure you, we're not even a church yet, and it's happening already in Bloomington. The gospel is advancing. Our people are contagious. They're sharing the good news of Jesus with boldness. I've been meeting with a guy there for the last four or five weeks and just opening our Bible together and going through the book of John. And just this last week, two weeks ago, I began to see the weight of the word of God on his face. I could see it. And uh, we were talking about hard things, about the need for repentance and uh, coming judgment, and you need Christ. And this week, uh, we open and we see that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and the story of Lazarus. And he says, he said this to me, And I don't know exactly what his spiritual state is yet, but he said this to me. 
He said, I want to surrender my life to Jesus this week. I just don't know how. And uh, so uh, we're working on that. And uh, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how. And so uh, he could be saved this moment. Um, I don't know, but the the point is the gospel of Jesus Christ is is advancing. The spirit of God is already at work transforming lives for his glory. Our our team, uh, when we moved there, we had zero. Uh, so what Doug said earlier is not all that far from the truth. We had zero people on our team, and uh, now we have a growing team. It's growing every single week, and, uh, but more than that, it's really a healthy group. Uh, people frequently say our guests come. When they, they come for the first time, they just say, wow, I've just never seen such unity. Um, they, there's just a lot of health and we are just absolutely praising God for that. And really what we're seeing is Jesus be the mighty prevailer in the church that he promised to be in Matthew 16, 18, when he said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. doesn't matter if I think it's going to happen or if anybody else thinks it's going to happen. The point is when Jesus... Jesus promised to build his church. He meant local churches. He meant this church, and he meant Harvest Bloomington by his grace. We're seeing it happen, and we also know this. We know that your generosity is not just from one organization to another. It's not just from, like, some organized church abstract thing. It's, it's from the people who are right here in front of me right now to the people who will be right there in front of me tonight when I share the word with them. I just want to say thank you. You have given us great cause for rejoicing in the Lord. You know, it's, uh, um, we really believe that the gospel will be advanced to all nations shaking them for his glory out of our church. Do you believe that? Do you believe that that can actually happen? Do you believe that your generosity can actually aid and support that happening? Um, By the way, let me just say this. It's already happening. We have a couple from China on our team. We have uh, uh, people from Mexico. There's a good chance we're going to have uh, a guy from Nepal on our team after we launch. My wife is having a lady into our home this week from Kyrgyzstan. When's the last time you met somebody from Kyrgyzstan? And uh, her husband's from Turkey. And so there's all kinds of diversity all over the place. And so when I say that I believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to advance to all nations and shake them for his glory, what we're seeing is that's already happening. Thank you. Thank you. So like, like Paul expresses his appreciation to the Philippians, we express our appreciation to you. Gets a little bit awkward here, but Paul then qualifies his joy by saying this. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. It really had been a while for uh, Paul. You can imagine Paul. He's out gallivanting, planting churches all over the uh, ancient Near East, etc. And, uh, uh, and, and, and so the Philippians didn't have really an opportunity. Who, who knew where Paul was? And, uh, uh, and so they didn't really have an opportunity to show their support for him, or potentially they didn't have the funds to really be able to support him, uh, at least for a season. Um, so Paul, uh, after saying this, he's like, well, you've always been concerned for me. I knew you were, 
um, uh, just to make sure that he's not misunderstood uh, when he said in verse 10, at length you have revived your concern for me, like it's been a while. Paul's not actually saying something like, it's about time you sent me some dough. And it's not what Paul's doing here. It might read like that. That's not what's happening. And uh, uh, he's really acknowledging their continual concern that they probably had a hard time tracking him down. And uh, so it's kind of like this. Um, every, time, every time we've walked into Harvest Indy West, um, you all have demonstrated just immense concern for us. Um, how can we pray for you? What's happening? How can we be a part of it? We want to come down. We want to help. Uh, on and on the list goes. We, uh, once we started meeting weekly, though, back in May, we just we weren't around as much. We, couldn't, we just couldn't get up here on a regular basis. And so um, there, was a, there was a season where you just didn't, wouldn't have had the opportunity right? You wouldn't have had the opportunity to do that when he walked in. And you guys have showed your concern in hundreds of other ways, even from a distance. So this isn't a perfect illustration even. Um, but you just didn't have the opportunity to show concern like when we walked in here on Sunday morning. But uh, then this morning, the first time we walked in, now at length you have revived your concern for me and given us great cause for rejoicing. At the first opportunity, you jumped on it and have blessed me personally and blessed our church. And I believe, bless the Lord. Who else do you need to revive your concern for? Do you have anybody who's been on your heart? You've been thinking about them. Maybe you've been wandering a little bit. How are they doing exactly? You just, you just haven't picked up the phone yet to make a call. You, ha- you haven't gone that extra step in your relationship with them. Maybe somebody in this church to revive your concern for them. You've been concerned for them, but you just haven't really taken the opportunity to show it. Do that today. If you've got somebody like that in your life, somebody who's on your heart, just a phone call, that could be their cause for greatly rejoicing in the Lord, and it could be today. Don't miss that. It's what we do as partners in the gospel. Now, every pastor really knows how awkward it is to talk about finances. Um, and then if you're excited about a financial provision, you just start to wonder, do people think all I care about is money because I'm rejoicing in the Lord over his provision? And uh, um, Paul must have felt that. Um, So he adds the second qualification. First of all, he expresses his rejoicing, which is his appreciation, it's his gratitude. And then he qualifies it by saying, well, you guys were always concerned for me. And then he qualifies it again here. Um, He starts to talk about contentment. And uh, to understand what Paul's doing, we do this in conversation a lot. Have you ever said something and you were like, well, that could be taken wrong. So just to make sure I don't get misunderstood, what I really mean is, yeah, that's what Paul's doing here. And uh, it's nothing other than that. But verse 11, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. See, we at Harvest Bloomington, we were growing in contentment with our situation, with whatever provision God desired for us. In church plant world, it's easy to get into the mode of we need, we need, we need, we need. And what we really need is to be like Paul here. Verse 12, I know how to be brought low. We were learning how to be brought low. And by the way, you don't have to be small to be learning how to be brought low. Um, But we were learning how to be content in it. We're learning how to be content in it and uh, continuing in the text. And I know how to abound. It's a brand new church plant. We really haven't had to deal with that yet. Uh, exactly. And then Paul says in 
can you say this? In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then in verse 13, many of our life verse, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So we, uh, we're learning to be content in Christ at our church, whether we had a lot, whether we had a little, it didn't really matter. I'd preach without a microphone if we can't afford one. My voice is loud enough. You can tell that. People in the back row could hear me. I could shout. We could be content if we didn't have the funds to buy a microphone. You can be content in Christ whether you have a lot or a little. The point here, and I wish I could spend more time on this, uh, here's the great thing about God's word. Do you realize this? Every time you preach a passage of scripture, you never exhaust a passage of scripture. So my freedom and not spending more time right here, this is an incredible passage, is that I never exhaust the passage and uh, uh, would love to say more about this. The point is depend on Christ. He will strengthen you to be content. He will strengthen you for the changed lifestyle required when you're brought low. He will strengthen you as you depend on him when you're abounding to not be consumed with materialism, when you have more, when you have an abundance. The point, we've been seeking to be content with where God has us, but we're rejoicing in the Lord today because of you. Greatly rejoicing in the Lord today because of you. Second thing, we love our partnership in the gospel. We love our partnership in the gospel. So Paul rejoices greatly, but he's like, I'm content. I'm content. I could have gone without. It wasn't absolutely necessary, uh, even though Paul probably really was in need. Um, Here in verse 14, he says, well, having said, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In verse 14, Paul says, yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. That term share is partnership. That is a partnership term. That is partnership. That is fellowship. That is everything about partnership in the gospel is coming up here. It really could say it was kind of you to partner in my trouble. Paul's trouble is being in prison. Doubtless, doubtless Paul was in need. Even if he could be content in any situation, he still had real needs. And uh, you can be content. You can be content and still be in need. That's where Paul was. And uh, let me just tell you a challenge we faced at Harvest Bloomington. Um, God has really raised up an incredible team of people. I think on our team, we have nine out of 14 of the men on our team at this point who are fully in. Um, Most of them are married, but nine out of the 14 men are either somewhere on the continuum between considering full-time ministry. Some of them are young and are going to need a little time kind of on the beginning of evaluating that or in full-time ministry. That's incredible. That's incredible. And uh, we're so blessed to have them on the team. But you know what that means is that means provision is challenging. And uh, so it's been a bit of a challenge for us. But but you can tell I haven't really missed too many meals. And uh, uh, it hasn't. Been, we are not in a situation where it's been that kind of desperate. Rather, really, the question for us has been: um, Do we have funds to launch the church in a position of strength? Do we have pr- provision uh, uh, to launch the church with a level of? excellence and quality that we believe the Lord deserves and with the appropriate level of stewardship that's been entrusted to us as a Harvest Bible Chapel. Those are some of the questions that we've been wrestling with. And honestly, just honestly, we felt like the last three or four, three or four weeks, like time's getting short. Provision is not here. And uh, we need God to come through somehow. We have no idea how to make this happen. Uh, I can't conjure this up. I don't have enough rich friends to ask. 
and we have been crying out to God together, and I've been on my face in tears more than any other time in my life. And this morning when I say, this for us is God breaking through, I mean it in answer to passionate and fervent crying out to God kind of prayer that's never been true in my life before. And you shared in our trouble. You became partners with us in the challenges we face in such a significant way. That's why I say we love our partnership in the gospel with you. People are going to be saved. Disciples are going to be made. The kingdom of God is going to grow now because we can move forward to launching our church on September 25th. And I trust that somehow you will benefit from this partnership if you haven't already. Well, I know you will. It's coming in a text in just a minute. Um, But it's incredibly kind of you to share in our trouble. In verse 15, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. So when Paul left Macedonia after he brought the gospel there and people were saved, no other church partnered with him in the gospel except, he says to the Philippians, except you only. This is a special place that Paul has in his heart for the Philippian. See, for Paul uh, and for us, you, see, you never forget the people who are in it with you in some challenging circumstance, some reason, some time in your life where you are in need. You never forget the people who are in it with you when no one else was. You never forget the person who waited with you in the hospital all day. You never forget the person who believed God could turn your life around and spent time with you when everybody else was done with you. You never forget the person who, when everything looked dark, was a beacon of light to you. That's kind of the sense I get here. I have to say, um, We've had an extremely special relationship with Harvest Indie West. And uh, in fact, one of the reasons that we're in Bloomington is because we knew we would be an hour away from this church. And uh, uh, when we were sent out to go there, you were the church that was partnering with us. And just amazing and incredible ways. And uh, obviously, uh, I only understand this partially, I think, to what Paul's experience was because uh, technically we're being sent from Harvest in Chicago. And uh, what I love about Harvest Bible Fellowships, we have tons of churches supporting us. And, uh, um, but there's something very special about what happened here. We loved being here last January. We loved being uh, leaving here and going out and having the support and encouragement and hopefully it's been mutual to you. No, uh, Paul continues kind of with the same theme here, that they were the only church to partner with them. If you look in verse 16, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. No, it's not. <laughs> they didn't just help him one time. They helped him multiple times. Uh, sometimes we're like, Give again and uh, again. (laughs) And the Philippians are like, give, 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 give. 
That's what you have been to Harvest Bible Chapel Bloomington from supporting us monthly to taking up a couple different love offerings for us this year and then to giving us a significant gift this morning to help our church get started. Again and again and again, this church is like, give, 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 give. God loves that. You want to see, if you had the chance, um, if you had the chance to see what God is doing in Bloomington, uh, would you want to see that a little bit? If you just had a chance to get a little bit of a glimpse of maybe where our worshiping community was going to gather and uh, where uh, our very unique space is uh, uh, coming together. Um, well, I, first of all, do you, would you want to see some pictures of that? I think our space is a bit unique. I don't think that... Uh, I don't know for sure, but I don't know how many Harvest Church plants have been under construction five weeks before they launched. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of where we're at. Um, it's, uh, well, why don't you just go ahead and bring up that first picture of the warehouse. So here it is. Uh, it's a massive warehouse. You can't actually tell in that picture, but you can see it's under construction. Uh, it's 205,000 square feet. Uh, we don't have any space problems. And uh, just think like three Walmarts or something. It's massive. I don't know. It's huge. And uh, um, there's the, there you go. There it is. There's where we're going to be worshiping the Lord. Um, here's, here's the deal with that. Here's the deal with that. Uh, there's some, several organizations, uh, non-for-profit organizations, parachurch kind of ministries who are kind of partnering together to buy this warehouse. It was abandoned in the 80s. It used to be a television distribution center. And what they're doing is they're slowly building it out into a ministry facilitation and community center. And so uh, there's a plan for that. You can see not that much of that is completed yet. And we really have the opportunity to kind of come in on the ground level. So uh, this next picture is our first, our current meeting space. You can see where they've built out. This is in, actually inside the warehouse where they've already built out some space. We've been meeting in there. It's worked out amazing. Last week, the, the room was entirely packed out. I anticipate that it's going to be ha- the same thing is going to be happening tonight. When we launch, this room is probably going to become children's ministry space, and so is this room. Uh, this is a bigger room in the facility uh, that uh, uh, um, is also going to be used for children's ministry, as well as what's really amazing about this is they're going to allow us to use this room once a week for anything we want at no extra charge. Um, and uh, so uh, if we have to do training, if we have to do worship rehearsal, whatever, we don't have an office at this point where we can do any of those kinds of things. We don't have to find another facility for it. Uh, we get to meet right there in that space right there. So, um, and then uh, you saw what the warehouse was like. Our team really was working all day long. It's really hot in there. Uh, pray for the climate control situation as it get, gets worked out in the next four or five weeks. Um, it's, uh, there's some solutions that are happening. But uh, the next slide kind of gives you a better picture of what's actually going to happen with the warehouse. So uh, when it's cleaned up, what's a- if you can imagine those 22-foot-high black theater curtains basically enclosing a space uh, that's eight to 10,000 square feet and then actually having another curtain that separates kind of a lobby area from our meeting space, uh, that's essentially what it's going to be. It's not quite going to be exactly like that, but it's going to be close. It's going to have a really intimate feel. We, um, well, it would kind of feel like this uh, with a steel ceiling. 
and a flat floor. <laughs> and uh, we, call it, we call it the industrial cathedral. <laughs> and we're pretty fired up about it. And this is the space uh, that we're going to be launching September 25th in. And I think there's a slide um, that shows that. So the owners, I, this, is just, this story is really just amazing, but it's kind of in development. So I don't really know exactly how all this stuff's going to work out. But the things that are happening is we're in the middle of a warehouse. It's, it's a warehouse with a plan. Um, but right now we're kind of at the beginning of the plan. And so, you know, we're like, are there enough bathrooms here? Well, the, the owners are actually right now cutting concrete to uh, install like nice permanent bathrooms for where it would be as they build the facility out, in large part just to do the fact that we're going to be in there. And that is a significant, significant expense. The heating and cooling solution, originally we thought we were just going to have to figure it out ourselves if we were going to use the space, but now they're pouring thousands of dollars into it. I didn't ask them for any of that. And uh, God is doing it that at the end of the day. And so uh, um, God's writing a mighty story. We love our partnership with you. We love that you get to uh, see and be a part of what God is doing. Um, we love that you've made it possible for us to launch September 25th. We greatly rejoice in the Lord because of you. And then we know this. We know that your generosity is all for the Lord. Verse 17. Not that I seek the gift, not that I seek the gift, but see, it's not the gift that fires me up the most. It's not the gift that we received this morning that fires me up the most. Yes, it is coming through in a significant time for us at just the right time for us and not too late. But it's not just the gift that fires me up. It's not just the gift that fired Paul up. I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. In other words, this gift represents the support that we need to get Harvest Bloomington launched. But really, it's a whole lot bigger than that, than us. It's a whole lot bigger than you. It's a whole lot bigger than us. It's a whole lot bigger than $10,000 even. Your generosity is producing in you, in this church, in real time, the answer to what Paul prayed in Philippians chapter 1, verse 11, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God, and that is priceless. I believe it's storing up for you eternal fruit, greater reward at Jesus' return. Paul continues, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. See, for us, this gift really is the difference between us launching next month and us not launching next month. Really, and uh, but see now, now we can say like Paul, we have what we need. Lord willing, we're launching, and that, um, but more than what we've just received, more than what we have. What has God received, and what does He think of it? And here's how Paul describes it: a fragrant offering a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. At the end of the day, God is pleased with your generosity. At Harvest, we often say that generosity uh, leads to multiplied opportunity. And I just can't tell you, we can't wait to see, uh, Harvest Bloomington can't wait to see, I can't wait to see how your generosity is gonna lead to multiplied opportunity in incredible ways as you guys move forward in the days ahead as you've been generous and sought to be a fragrant aroma 
a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. I know it's a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Churches aren't banks. You guys aren't a bank. Churches invest their money in ministry because they care about people. And I know that's what this church is doing. It's not like you have piles of cash stored in the projection room up there. It's a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And here's Paul's word to the Philippians. I believe this is God's word to us and to you. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He's going to do the same for you. He's going to do the same. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. While we greatly rejoice in the Lord because of you, we love our partnership in the gospel with you. We know your generosity is all for the Lord. And uh, the final, final point here, we send you our greetings. We send you our greetings. Harvest Bloomington sends you our greetings. Look at verse 21. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. Now, uh, um, don't you think we should do more greetings from churches to church? Oftentimes it's like we're critical of other churches and that church and ah, it just wears me out, honestly. And uh, we need to send more greetings. So uh, Harvest Bloomington just wanted to send you their greetings because they couldn't be here today. Hey, Harvest. Hope everything's going okay for you this Sunday morning. Greetings from Harvest Bloomington. Uh, Great that Pastor Josh is with you guys today. We appreciate your support so much, everything that you've done for us. And uh, we're here today, uh, a work day, uh, getting our church ready to go to launch on September 25th. We appreciate everything you guys have done for us. We love you so much. Thank Thank you. You are Well, we only have three launch team meetings left on Sunday nights, and uh, we probably aren't going to get to get the chance or the privilege, the opportunity to be back here for a while. Um, so I'm sure you'll be updated on what's going on uh, in various ways, various capacities. Follow us on Facebook, follow our website, and uh, pray hard for us. Pray hard for us. We need and cover your prayers. Pray for all the details of the facility to be worked out. Pray for God uh, to bring us people who are looking for a church home. Pray for me. Pray for our family. Um, we're praying our little girl, uh, Selah Abigail is uh, her name, and our little girl will be born a week from tomorrow, about 9 a.m. would be great. Um, and uh, uh, really pray for God's presence. Pray for God to write a story that will shake nations For his glory, the text closes, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Worship team can go ahead and come on up. As this series closes, I hope and pray that you just really have a greater sense of the oneness that you share with your brothers and sisters in Christ in this church and a greater sense of the oneness that you share as we seek to advance the gospel together, not just with this church, but with many other churches in Harvest Bible Fellowship and elsewhere. We sense a great oneness with you, and uh, we look forward to seeing 
uh, all the places where the gospel is going to go forth to see disciples made. Let's pray. Father, we rejoice together today. We rejoice because your son purchased us for yourself. Your spirit's been poured into our hearts. God, we praise you that we're seeing Jesus' prayer for the unity of his disciples in this church at Harvest Bloomington and among our churches. God, we pray that you would grow our partnership, God, that the gospel would advance further, that mutual love for one another and support would increase still more. And God, we pray for the salvation of men, women, and children. We want to advance the gospel because you are a God who saves. In Jesus' name, amen.